there actually really is enough for for everyone to go around like there is enough resources there's enough energy for all of us to have abundance to have to have wealth to grow what's going on guys this is the passive wealth strategy show thank you for tuning in today our guest is adam yulry from Dreamstone Invest and the Tech Guys Who Invest podcast. Today, we're talking about a few things for especially newer real estate investors, whether you're passive or active. We're talking about getting over that first hurdle, learning about your investor identity and why that's so important, how you can do it. They have a tool, uh, Adam and his partners, that they've created to help people learn about what their investor identity is. And it's so important. Again, we talk about why, but if you wanna move forward and really continue to grow as a real estate investor, it's important to know what Adam is calling your investor identity. I, I certainly agree with it. He's put it, to, put it to words, put it to a strategy, and I certainly appreciate that. If you're new to the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, thank you for joining us. We'd like to ask you, if you enjoy the show, go to your favorite podcatcher, look up the show, hit subscribe, and that way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there, bringing you all the best passive real estate investing advice that we can find. If you are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Also passively invest in real estate with others. And I love learning things like this from experienced real estate investors like Adam, who know a lot of things that I don't know. And we get to eat the learning from those guys. If you do enjoy this episode and you're an Apple user, as you take a quick second, go to the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a rating and review. Five stars if you don't mind, certainly much appreciated. That helps other people uh, learn about the show, helps us improve in rankings. And really, if you're looking for a way to give back, if you enjoy the episode, that's the number one. Please leave us a ring interview. I love reading them and it helps the show grow. It's much appreciated. Without any further ado, here we go with Adam Yulry. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Taylor. I'm really excited to be here with you. All right. You know, I'm excited to talk with you. I've been talking for like 25 minutes now already. I love uh, chatting with guests before we hit record and feel like you and I could probably chat for a couple of hours, not even realize it went by. <laughs> but uh, anyway, for our listeners out there who don't know about you and what you do, can you tell us a bit about your background and uh, you know what you do in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Adam Yulry. I'm based out of Tampa and I actually work a W-2 job. Uh, my What I do is called agile coaching. And a lot of people may not know what that is, but I help very large enterprises learn how to deliver software in a more modern way. And the way I explain it to people who aren't in the industry is oversimplified, but I just say, I help these older companies who are used to kind of doing things the old fashioned way to deliver software the way the guys in Silicon Valley do it. And I'm more on the the team and the process and the collaboration side of things than not on the technical side of things. So I'm not an engineer or a, a programmer. And when I'm not working my day job, I am a syndicator. So I am partnered up with Dreamstone Investments, 
based in Atlanta and Tampa. Uh, we're an operator focused on large multifamily, so apartment buildings, and I'm their investor relations guy. So Dreamstone was formed by two guys named Fiano Joseph and Nick Contessa. And they kind of co-founded it. They, you know, it's their business. They work in full time. They're growing their business pretty rapidly, actually. And I partnered with them on their first couple of syndication deals. It went really well. We we just sort of worked well together. Then we started talking about me joining the team part-time as investor relations. And uh, you know, I'm having a ton of fun there doing that as we continue to grow. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, there are a few things we're going to talk about today. And uh, I appreciate that you're, you're out there helping uh, companies move from mailing people floppies to, you know, getting things on the Internet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as for real estate investing, you know, we were going to talk about getting over that hump, making the first investment, getting past that, that fear and, you know, getting into real estate investing and, you know, all the mindset and things around that. So, you know, let's dive into it. And, you know, how can people really get over that first fear of saying, okay, I've got this syndication in front of me. The guy wants $50,000. That's a lot of money. I'm so scared. You know, let's break into that. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, you know, fear holds so many people back and uh, it, it's really a, a mindset thing. I mean, that it's all about mindset. So one of the first things I like to talk about is taking yourself from this scarcity mindset to more of an abundance mindset or, or a growth mindset, right? You want this stance of abundance over scarcity. So what do I mean by that? Well, you know, if you have a scarcity mindset, you're thinking, if I win, someone may lose because of it. Or there's only so much of something to go around. Or what if I invest this and I lose everything? And that dominates your thought more than the positive side of things. So you really have this, this kind of fear-based, um, you know, there's, there's not enough to go around type of a position. Now, a lot of people don't realize they have that. It's kind of buried in their subconscious. But if you start to sort of pay attention to how you're thinking about these things and why you're worried about, you know, maybe, maybe pulling the trigger, you might start to notice some of that. Now, what you can do is kind of turn that around and start to think about how there actually really is enough for, for everyone to go around. Like there is enough resources, there's enough energy for all of us to have abundance, to have, to have wealth, to grow, you know, these resources are, are not really limited. I mean, people need a place to live. There's a lot of demand for it out there. So th those are some of the things I would think about. Then an, another really big piece of this, Taylor, is having a reason, like having a big why you're doing something. That's critically important. So, you know, it also ties into the mindset, but it's important to really have a bigger reason than yourself why you want to do something. Okay. And that's, that's a little bit tied into that abundance mindset as well. So if your big why is because I want to leave a legacy for my family. You know, I, I want my kids to have abundant wealth and to know what true freedom of their time is. Well, that's going to really motivate you. And all of a sudden that's going to start to help you kind of say, what can I do to overcome these fears I have so that I can get that? It's a bigger why than I just want to be rich, or it may not even be that. I just want to, you know, 
have uh, more money than I do now. I think that's that's tough in, you know, I've, I've done that exercise myself and I, I think about that all the time. Um, but it, at least for me, my experience and talking with others, you know, it, it's hard to get to that, to really understand the deeper why beyond, well, I want passive income and I want a bigger house and cool cars. I mean, those are all great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but from you know, talking with folks who are experts in this field, it seems like that is not enough for most people to push them past that fear. That's not enough of a drive of a why um, compared to like what you said about uh, leaving a legacy for for kids. I mean, we hear that we hear that all the time. It's very common, and that's going to help push people, you know, through those walls of uh, of fear. It is because if it's just something kind of selfish, you know, for yourself, then when you run into so many barriers or roadblocks, you know, at some point you're, you're going to have a tendency to want to give up on that a little bit, you know, and then it gets easier to sort of give up and say, ah, you know what? Like, I don't really need that anyway. I mean, I, I don't need to be driving that super nice car around or living that super nice house or whatever. Right. Um, and that, that's probably true. I don't, I don't know if you do need that, but then if you're thinking, oh, but if I stop here and, 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 um, don't move forward, maybe I won't positively affect my family tree for generations to come. Whoa, that's a whole different set of consequences. Now, all of a sudden I'm thinking of all the people who will come after me in this life I affect, you know, or, or whatever your why is, we're just sticking with this example, right? Yeah, it's a much harder thing to give up on than, you know, a nicer house, especially if, you know, many of our listening audience out there right now, busy professionals probably making good money. I mean, you shoot, you probably have a nice house. You probably have a nice car. Well, you know, you, you right. want to, you want to go bigger, but that it's, uh, you know, great. You could go bigger house, nicer car. There's always a bigger house or a nicer car out there, but it's easy to kind of lose sight of, of that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And then, um, another kind of, a an, an aspect that I like to talk to investors about is establishing their investor identity, right? Like, do you, are you focused? Do you know what you want to invest in? What asset class you want to focus on? And especially when you're first getting started, some of the problem of getting started can come from confusion. Right. And when we're confused, we're going to say no. And, and you could have, well, there are lots of options, right? I mean, you can in, invest in single family, you can invest in mobile home parks, you, you can flip, you know, you can um, invest in apartments, you can invest in all kinds of stuff. And it's like, where do I start? Right. But if you take some time and sit down and kind of think about, well, what might be a good fit for me? You know, maybe, maybe think about some things like how could these different things align to the goals I have? Again, being clear on your goals and what you want helps you kind of say, well, what might align to that? Well, you know, for example, if, if one of your goals really is massive wealth, I want to leave, you know, legacy wealth for my family. Well, then you may be more inclined to focus on large multifamily syndications like the stuff I do. But maybe that's not your goal. Like, what if your goal is more about, um, you know, just like the the freedom lifestyle of, of being able to travel whenever you want, live in any location in the world you want to live in with your family and things like that? 
Well, then maybe investing in single family homes or, or duplexes is a better fit for that goal. So getting clear on these will really help you with where you can focus. And then you can start to really hone in on that and get educated on that thing. And that's going to help break down those barriers as well, because being educated on what you want to invest in is absolutely crucial. So that's that's a, uh, an important question, right? For many of us, you know, I've mentioned this on the show before, especially when early on when I was a real estate investor, I had the shiny object syndrome. We've talked about that on the show in the past. And I don't think that's something that ever leaves you. It's not something that you kind of get over. It's always there in the back of your mind. And if you don't know, and it sounds like what you're saying, you know, the investor identity, if you don't know that, then you might constantly chase shiny objects is, is kind of my interpretation of that. One possibility behind not knowing your investor identity. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, on the tech guys who invest podcast that I co-host my, my co-host and I created this tool called an investor identity canvas. And it is a little tool that sort of helps people organize their thoughts and, and sort of pick an investor identity or compare a few different ones and then look at the results of that and say, which one of these feels like it's good for me. And that is one of the reasons we created that because we had a lot of people telling us, you know, I've got shiny object syndrome, you know, I, this sounds good this month, this sounds good that month. And, and Taylor, I totally agree with you. Like, I still get that. You know, we'll have guests on the show and they're talking about land investing. Whoa, that sounds interesting. Oh, yeah. I would like that, right? Um, whatever they're, they're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I think having that investor identity established helps you focus. And then it's not that you can't go invest in that stuff later, right? I, we had a guest on it that had that interesting concept. He was a very seasoned investor and said, you know, it's not that you can never do that, right? But you want to get good at what it is that you need to be your core. And then once you get good at that and get established there, then you can consider something else. And, and you may not give that thing up. You probably won't. But you know you can grow a new skill. But what you can't do is have your focus completely fractured, and you're looking at five different investments. So I wonder how how that kind of jives, or how that goes along with uh, passive syndication investing, because syndication allows you to invest in numerous different types of assets. I mean, it's not just real estate, even, but within the real estate sphere, I mean, there's multifamily, self storage, mobile home parks commercial, you know, triple net commercial, like retail warehouses. I mean, that list just keeps going on. You know, we could, we could talk forever about that. How does that go along with the investor identity? If your identity is, I want to be a passive syndication investor, you still have a, a huge host of options to uh, evaluate and to consider, consider. Yeah, you do. And what I think is good about it for passive investors is it allows you to become an expert in one thing. And, and therefore, you'll be much better at evaluating investment opportunities. So, you know, say, Taylor, you come to an investor with a deal, they could pretty quickly look at it, look at the details of it, look at the package you've offered them and say, uh, yeah, that looks like a good fit for me and be very confident in that and, and ready to invest with you with confidence. Uh, but if, you know, they're so 
fractured and, and haven't yet established that expertise because their focus is in so many different places, they're going to struggle with, oh, is this a good one or not? And I keep pouring over the numbers and then I don't really have the confidence. So even when I do invest, I may be a little bit worried in the back of my mind, uh, that kind of thing. And I, that's where I think it helps. That's a good point. I, you know, I think of two examples here um, or two uh, things come to mind as you as you mentioned that. You know, for me, all those asset classes I mentioned before in syndication, if somebody came to me with a, an industrial deal and said, hey, you want to passively invest in this, I wouldn't know the first place to start in evaluating it. I mean, I can do the math, right? But I don't know if these are good assumptions or bad assumptions or, or any of those things beyond you know, what I can bring to the table with regards to my you know, multifamily self-storage experience. And uh, more specifically, you know, I'm a, in a investor mastermind right now with some uh, passive investors. And one of the other attendees uh, brought up this self-storage deal that she had been presented. And her experience is passive investing in multifamily. And she came from a background of single family and small multifamily investing doing it herself. She said, hey, I, I know the sponsor is a good guy. You know, I know they're good people, but I have to be able to evaluate this investment. I don't know about self-storage and I can't evaluate this. So that does speak to building up an expertise as a passive investor in, in evaluating specific asset classes. So that's a, that's a great point in that you still need to know what you're doing and, and the specific asset class, even if you, you know, trust and like the, the syndicator. You got to be able to absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Interesting. So is there anything else about the investor identity that we need to know? Uh, you know, I think that that pretty much covers investor identity. It, you know, it just allows you to really focus on a thing and become an expert at it. Because even as a passive investor, you know, you really want to have the expertise in that thing that you're investing in. Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to uh, learn from you about your experience with being an active real estate investor and a W-2 employee and you know how you balance those things. And I break the fourth wall on this show all the time for our listeners. It's Saturday kind of evening, right? That we're talking. It's, this is, you know, <laughs> when you're listening, it's not the same time we're recording this. So, you know, you are working on the weekend as many uh, active real estate investors do, but I'm sure that's not, <laughs> that's not the only, you know, strategy that you use. So tell us about it. Right. Yeah. Good one. Uh, systems is kind of the short answer. And I'm not just talking about electronic systems, like for example, um, a CRM or a way to track people that you're talking to, or, you know, a calendaring system, a scheduling system, those, those sorts of things. Those are, those are important and that's part of it, but also processes, the processes around that. So, you know, just kind of having good processes, continuously improving those. So you're really using your time very intelligently. That helps a lot. Uh, I, I'm a huge proponent of calendars and a planner. Right. And we were talking about yes, that a we little were. bit, Taylor. Yes, we were. Um, we're both, you know, we're both W2 guys who are doing the side hustle and big calendar users because I, I don't see how you could do it without, without uh, that level of organization. My planner is really good for me, keeping things straight uh, and staying focused. There's something called the productivity pyramid. And I'm not sure if you've heard of no, that. No, I haven't. But if you um, 
if you take your time and, and I think of it more as event management than time management, you know, because if you think about it, like you can't really manage time that time it's happening is ongoing. Way. It's uncontrolled. It happens. Right. <laughs> but you can manage your events. Right. So if you think about event management and what are the things as I'm planning my week that I need to focus on. And if I could put those into several categories, right? Like a, a low value type of a time, a kind of a low dollar value type of a time, a high dollar value type of time, and then a high lifetime value time. And then if I can say, all right, what should I be focusing on the most? Well, obviously it's that high lifetime value stuff, right? So I want to get things like my coaching calls with my coaches. I want to get um, time with my mastermind. I want to get time with investors who might invest in one of my deals on the books. And those are the big rocks, right? And then you can put the smaller rocks in on top of that. And that's that high dollar value time. Um, so, you know, those may be uh, things like appointments, um, you know, potentially setting, setting yourself up for future, uh, maybe reviewing your leads or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and then, you know, after that, you can put in the small, much smaller rocks, which are those lower value things. So, so that helps as well. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it helps to, you know, I think about that earlier today, I probably spent uh, 20 or 30 minutes at the grocery store, you know, walking around getting stuff, you know, but we've also used the grocery pickup method and that can, you know, it's been beneficial here in COVID not getting exposed, but also it, if it saves you you know, a half an hour or, you know, at worst case, maybe an hour walking around the grocery store, getting checked out and everything, you know, it might be worth a couple of extra bucks that they charge you to, you know, go do it themselves. So yes. Yeah, because what could you do with that time? How much could you generate with that time? What if you spent that time putting some, uh, thought leadership content together? Yeah. I mean, you know, or, I mean, I, I, I also, maybe it's, maybe it's the wrong way to frame it, but I like to frame that not just in in dollar and business related things, but it goes back to that lifetime value. What if it's it's sitting down and having dinner with your family or something? I think about that because oh I, yeah, I have family coming over tonight for dinner, and uh, you know th things like that that have that um, an intrinsic value that you can't put in dollars. Oh, that's absolutely that high lifetime value time date nights with your wife or you know or girlfriend or spouse or boyfriend or you know, someone special to you, right? Like that's high lifetime value time right there. Stuff like that. Yeah. Think about the high lifetime value stuff. Nice. Well, I hope a lot, you know, busy professionals out there who like working at home have eliminated that low lifetime value commute to the office. That's a, that's a big one. I think is a huge waste of time, but uh, anyway, right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Adam, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, great. First one, what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Yeah, it's good that you said other than because I totally would have that said a coaching design, class, right? Yeah, I know. Smart. Well, you know, Taylor, I'm going to have to go with my very first rental property. It was a single family home. I still own it. And why was that my best investment? Because I learned by doing and I was scared to death when I bought that thing. And I learned so much and it's been a good investment, but more importantly, I have learned so many lessons about taking action, the value of cash flowing assets, 
you know, I mean, the value of investing in real estate, all the different ways you can get paid in real estate, you know, it's just so many things I've learned on that property or why it's the best investment. Nice. That's important. That, that first one, the one spark that, you know, starts the fire is so important, especially in, in real estate investing. So we had yeah. the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? <laughs> this may sound silly, but when I was young, I wasn't yet educated in investing. I had very low financial intelligence and I I bought these Star Wars figures, these collectible figures <laughs> and left them in the package and I was thinking, man, one day these are going to be worth a lot of money. And uh it was it was a terrible investment, right? <laughs> I mean, they're not there it wasn't like the first, you know, the originals. Um it, it was uh, I think like the fourth episode, right? Phantom Menace or one oh, of those. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're not going to be worth a ton of money. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't the sequels, which are terrible. And, you know, I have, right. I have very, very strong opinions <laughs> about that, but we don't need to go into it on this show. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I am going to say learn by doing, by taking action. So you, it's super important to educate yourself by listening to a great podcast like this one, by reading a book, by reading a blog. But at some point, you have got to pull the trigger and start learning by doing it, no matter how scary it is. Feel the fear and do it anyway. So learn by doing is going to be my answer to that one. Adam, thank you for joining us today. You have so much experience and, and I, I think these topics are so important and when I was initially getting into real estate investing, I didn't like appreciate how important the like mindset and just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, taking that first, you know, risk, making that first investment, how important that was. And to newer real estate investors out there, please take that to heart. We really, we mean it. And it's not just, uh, not just fluff. If folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to find you, if they want to, you know, all that great stuff, where can they track you down? Awesome. Well, Taylor, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. This was a blast. If you guys want to get in touch with me, there's a few different ways. You can email me directly, adam at dreamstoneinvest.com. You can find me on my podcast website, tgwipodcast.com. That's the tech guys who invest. And then I'm on social media, LinkedIn. I'm on there a lot. Tell me you heard me on this podcast. My handle is my name, Adam Yulry, but make sure you, you let me know where you heard me on this podcast. That way I kind of know where you're coming from and I will accept your invitation. And then I'm also, um, I'm also out there uh, on Facebook, but I'm really not on that as much. So same deal though, my name, Adam Yulry. And then lastly, if you're interested in that investor identity canvas, it's on the podcast website, go to canvas. Uh, sorry, it's um, it's tgwipodcast.com forward slash canvas, tgwipodcast.com forward slash canvas. Perfect. Adam, thanks once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If, you enjoy, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated and it helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. If you're not subscribed yet, go to your favorite podcatcher, hit the subscribe button, and you're going to get every new episode of the Passive Wealth Strategy Show every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday straight to your mobile device. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.